nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. You ready? Yep. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic oh. Podcast number 800. I got to be prepared for a monumental well, I told you you know, number like that. Tell me when to start over. No, we can, we can do it. 800? I'm, I'm you, feeling you, it. You can do it. Is this, have uh, 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 Ernst and Young checked this out to make sure the results are actually 800? <laughs> We're not going there. I'm going to, it's, it's 800. It's 800 today. Oh, March dictator, 1st. The dictator is making a declaration. Maybe he's going to invade okay, 20, Putin. Liberal 20, Lakes. 2022. 59 <laughs> degrees was the high on this day. That was in 1990. And it was 32 below in 1962. That's two days in a row for a cold record in 1962, hmm. I think. And uh, on this day in 2007, a noticeable snow uh, amount, nine-inch uh, snowfall on this day in 2007. Hmm. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Hi, Joe. Many happy returns on your 800th podcast, and it lands on Mardi Gras. Rhymes with party bra. Keep at it. Hey. <laughs> How did we never think I of that? Well, because our that. listeners do the work that you people can't do. No, I yeah. meant the Mardi Gras with party bra. I don't disagree and with that. And it lands on Mardi Gras, rhymes with party bra. Yeah, Keep we'll at be, it, Bert. We'll be stealing that going forward. Yeah. Well, why not? Uh, <laughs> Happy party bra. Mm -hmm. Oh, and uh, a fellow in the building wants to, to alert us to be careful what kind of commie vodka you throw out. Uh, Bernie oh, yeah. writes, Bernie mm. writes, you mentioned on yesterday's show that consumers in bars are not buying or are dumping out vodka from Russia. Then you mentioned Stoli. Make sure your listeners know, being a fact-based show, that Stoli is made in Latvia, not Russia. And while I'm at it, Smirnoff is made in Connecticut. Make sure you're dumping out the proper commie vodka. Yeah, into I'll my mouth. That that's, that's my bad. I'm dumping it into my mouth. The three commie vodkas sold in this country I've never heard of. So it's, it's unlikely that there's a lot of strong Rook. Russian vodka drinkers in During the country. During the run of the highly rated happy hour with Rookie and Reavers, who was the, the vodka guy we had on? Aviv? Was it Aviv vodka? Aviv. Yeah, okay. that was really good stuff. Yeah, Rook took my supply. Yeah. <laughs> you're not into white. No. I have some very comforting news from our United States government. What do you have? <laughs> what is comfort? <laughs> well, we have the guidelines now what we should do in the event of a nuclear explosion. This is laughable. <laughs> no, really? Oh, oh my well. God. We have it, and I'm comforted by this. Yes. Uh, you know, over the weekend, uh, Putin ordered Russian nukes to be prepared for increased readiness to launch. That ratchets up tensions. Ratchets almost should get the foghorn. It's so overused. And uh, so now our government has issued the uh, the guidelines. Okay. Uh, and they tell us that nuclear explosions involve the use of nuclear weapons. 
So let me get this straight. Nuclear yeah. explosions involve nuclear weapons. That's right. Okay. And those are devices used to create a massive destructive explosion. They can happen in minutes without warning, according to ready.gov. We're ready now. We're gonna, okay. What are the dangers of a nuclear explosion? What are they? Well, yeah. uh, uh, imminent incineration. Death. Death, uh, <laughs> incineration. Death. I think death It would be the main one. Uh, exposure to radiation. Uh, fire and heat can result in death and uh, uh, burn uh, uh, buildings. How can I prepare and stay safe if there's a n- nuclear explosion? Put your head underneath your desk. <laughs> well, if you're outside, yeah, hide under wood. Kindling. <laughs> if you're outside when a nuclear explosion occurs, you should find cover behind anything that offers protection from the blast. All right? Okay. It's important to lie face down to protect your heat, to mm. protect your skin from heat and flying debris. And don't touch your eyes, nose, and mouth. Okay. Huh. This, this makes the incredible presumption that, that if you had a nuclear explosion near you, you'd live if you just laid down on the grass. Right. Stop, dropping. No, you'd evaporate in about a millisecond. <laughs> right. Uh, then you should have supplies. You should have emergency supply kits uh, with food and water and medicine and batteries and a hand crank or battery-powered radio because all the radio stations won't be destroyed by a nuclear no. explosion. Nuh-uh. No. no. Uh, Will we still have to come in and do the podcast? Yeah, because this is basically a bunker. Yeah. And then if you're sick or injured, you should listen to instructions to seek medical attention when attention when law enforcement <coughs> considers it safe to keep a to leave a safe space. You know, this would be a lot more funny if it wasn't so uh, uh, imminent in uh, in Ukraine, where they're really literally having to face what in the hell are we going to do? Mm-hmm. True, but the the really sad part of that they put this out mm-hmm. is that they believe there are people dumb enough that might not know this. Oh, I That's know. the this is the lowest common denominator. Well, no, this is just how out of touch these people when, are. With when reality. was this released and by who? Yesterday, wasn't it? Late yesterday? It's released by the United States government, ready.gov. Wouldn't it be helpful if they told us which cities would likely be targeted first? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be a little helpful? I think Alexandria was in the top ten. Then they say go into a house or a shelter and... Are you kidding me? No, come on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You have to socially distance in the shelter. That's the line I was hoping you were going to get to. I'm not making this up. No, can I read it, please? Can I please, 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 please read it? Yeah, do you have it? I do, right here. If a person is... If a person is sheltering in place with individuals who are not their family, it's important to keep a distance of six feet from them. Right. Because, the pam- because, because they're more of a threat to you. They're more of a threat to you than a, 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 oh, I don't want to get COVID. a nuclear bomb. Even though my body's melting. Stay over there, Dad. <laughs> Why did you have to bring you your guys are laugh. You guys are laughing like this isn't a possibility. No, I'm laughing at the absurdity of I'm it. I'm laughing at the absurdity of it. There's really not much you can do. Let's put it that way. I uh, well, there's not really, a lot you not, can do. Right. I I really hate to do this. Oh, but God. it's oh, being John, denied. It's, 800. it's being denied by the Federal Emergency Management Agency What's that any denied? changes that these were released yesterday and that uh, no changes have been made to the nuclear explosion guidelines that were always there at ready.gov website. So uh, I'm thinking that social distance part probably isn't true. Right. Well, this is from a. John, I got this from uh, a Detroit 
news uh, outlet. It's all over the news sites, all over the country. This, uh, this would be from The Independent. Biden administration denying a viral Internet <laughs> meme that it responded to Russia's nuclear escalation by adding social distancing and masking well, to advice for Americans facing nuclear attacks. They're attack. probably denying FEMA, it because everyone pointed out how ridiculous it was. FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, said that no changes have been made to the nuclear explosion guidelines on ready.gov. So I guess I'll just go to ready.gov and see what that says, because that will be our answer, won't it? I mean, I'm on ready.gov right now. I had it okay. from I had it from ready.gov. Uh, are you saying that someone is tampering with our government's information? But while, well, not in response to Mr. Putin's recent threats. Uh, social distancing. Oh no! Wait! 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 Now! Wait! 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 Uh, that was added in 2020. Okay. Social distancing and masking measures are indeed official guidelines added. In 2020. Well, I've got a, I've got news for you, John. Uh, prior it's just to today, as stupid as 2020. Right. Prior yes. to today, I've never had reason to wonder what the government was going to tell me in the event of a nuclear attack. So no, I've never no. seen these guidelines before. And you're now admitting that social distancing is in there. It was added in 2020. And, and has been for two years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Oh, that's yeah. Well, that's just as bad. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if it's been there for two, that might even be worse. It's been there for two years. Tonight is the State of the Union address. Oh, boy. Yes, it is. What are we to expect? I don't know. I don't know. No, I'm, I'm sure that we'll get them prepped, juice them up somehow. I don't know. <laughs> juice them up? Oh, yeah. It's going to be an what Elvis Presley thing. MLB player in the, the 90s? So, <laughs> he'll be so loaded with barbiturates and everything else. And I'm going to watch closely that they're not doing this thing yes. like a character generator where it's his, his face. But the, the lips are somebody else's, <laughs> and as they're saying, you know. Or it's like the Mr. Ed trick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What yes. is a barbiturate, anyway? I don't even I don't, know, I don't know what that's what it is. Isn't that, that a is. downer? Oh, it's a sedative, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah no, downer. you don't want that. It's a doggy he, downer. No. He, he makes that naturally. <laughs> I wonder what we'll hear about energy. I'm not going to uh, hold my breath, but I, he could very well you know, and tell us something great that he's had a change of heart about energy production. Energy independence. I think that would go a long way to uh, understanding why Russia can still operate. They're still selling oil and gas to Europe and us. Right. Well, no. Stop it. Stop it. End of story. Stop it. Yeah. Russia's central bank still open. But what a night this could be. Uh, it's already night in Kiev. Uh, I, I will. We'll, will the likes of the cable news channels cover Mr. Biden with a split screen? Oh. Biden giving the State of the Union while we're watching Kiev under attack? I don't know. It's a tough one for him, to tell you the truth. Yeah, that is. I mean, is he, is he up to the navigational skills required to pull this off? You've got a war raging as he's going to be giving these remarks. And are we going to pause every 30 seconds to applaud what he says while the split screen is showing you this destruction of an independent country? It's going to be fascinating. Wow. Fascinating. That's interesting about the split screen. Well, I don't know what they're going to. I'm just wondering. If they're if they're actively attacking, I think yes. I, I bet they would. If they did a split screen, would he get distracted? Yes. <laughs> That's a good possibility. I don't think he'd be watching oh, TV while it's going on. <laughs> Look at a squirrel. Look at that there. Oh, God. It's 800, John. I'm a little 
You know, Sometimes I, I want to come through the screen and just slap you guys. I need to get today's uh, climate change nonsense out of the way. I have an email from Cal Freilich. He's up in Annandale. He's, a, he's from the Not Failed Academy. Uh, after listening to today's podcast meeting uh, yesterday, he has a couple of points. One, as is often said about climate change, belief in something that cannot be proven is religion. Saying Putin would not have invaded if Trump were president cannot be proven. Uh, and two, Kenny said the people who wanted us to stay out of Ukraine's business were the offspring of those who wanted us to stay out of World War II. That was the America First Committee, history trying to repeat itself. But that's true. There's nothing about climate change that can be proven, especially when you forecast out 100 years. Right. And I got this email from uh, Todd Peterson. Uh, your passionate beliefs regarding human-caused climate change remind me of a movie that I just watched on Netflix, Don't Look Up. Uh, you see that the incoming comet, you think that the incoming comet is a fabrication, and who refused to look up at the incoming planet, uh, killer comet that is clearly visible in the sky? Please do some research for your grandkids' sake. Uh, I used to listen to you all the time. I still do a little because I like the local news stories in color, but you are out of your ken on climate. You have been a, uh, and you have a strong influence on the average Joes out there. Well, pal, uh, let me let me just go to today's example, uh, Todd. Uh, I picked this up before I even saw your email. Thousands are evacuating during during what's being called the worst Australian floods in decades. Mm. You with me so far? Yep. This is from NPR. Okay. All right. So I'm always looking for the sense when. Right. Because what what's overlooked in the climate change hysteria is that we're not experiencing anything new. And this one goes on to say thousands of people have been ordered to evacuate their homes and have been told to prepare to flee as parts of Australia's southeast coast are inundated by the worst, but inundated by the worst flooding in decades. Now let me just cut to the chase. Uh, I'm not going to read you the whole story. There's big floods taking place in Australia, okay? Got it. The extraordinary rainfall comes as the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change reported this week that vast swaths of Australia have already lost 20% of its rainfall and the country's fire risk have gone beyond worst-case scenarios developed just a few years ago. Australia's hottest and driest year on record was 2019, which ended with devastating wildfires across southeast Australia. The fires directly killed 33 people and another 400 people were killed by the smoke. The fires also destroyed more than 3,000 homes and raised 19 million uh, hectares hectares, 47 million acres. But, this is the last sentence of the story, but two La Nina weather patterns have since brought above average rainfall to the same region. Wait a minute. So we're we're okay, but we're not okay. So somebody's got to do it, so I went and looked up the top 10 worst floods in Australia. And I'm grateful that this information is still available to the likes of me. I I fear one day it'll disappear. Mm. This is from Australian Geographic. Between 1852 and 2011, at least 951 people were killed by floods. Another 1,326 were injured, and the cost of damage has uh, reached an estimated $4.6 billion. Uh, first, uh, the worst flood was uh, June of 1852 in Gundagi. Gundagi? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> well, it was... <laughs> 
Welcome the, to Gundagi. The worst loss of life happened in June 1852 when mass flooding on the Murrumbidgee River swept away most of the town of Gundagi, leaving just three houses standing, 89 people killed. The town was later rebuilt on higher ground. Then you go to December of 2010, Brisbane uh, had a major league flood. Uh, number three was in December of 1916. Number four was in November of 1934. That was in Melbourne. Uh, number five alert, worst flood, was February 1893, uh, followed by Feb 1927, followed by April 1929. Number eight, February of 1955 in Hunter Valley. Uh, number nine, 1974 in Brisbane. And, and number 10, uh, 1986 in Hawkesbury and George's River flood. So uh, of the 10, uh, what, eight were before 1974? Hmm. Of the 10, eight were before, let me just double check that. Uh, no, uh, seven were before 1974. Seven. seven of those, okay, were before So that's what I do, Todd, just to keep uh, the emailer. Uh, I, you're, I don't know what you do, uh, I don't anticipate looking up at the sky and seeing an, inco an incoming killer comet. Uh, I go to, to the records to corroborate my belief, maybe it's just my belief, that nature has, has, has historically and systematically repeated itself over the ages, what, over the eons. Okay, let's, let's get right down to it because the accusers call you a denier. Mm -hmm. Are you in fact denying? Absolutely not. I've always said the climate is always changing. All right. And always has. Wouldn't the greater threat to Australia be that the island would tip over? It could if you had enough Instead troops of flooding, on one end. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> not and, to mention uh, the greatest threat in Australia is any any living creature there can kill you. Bugs and spiders mm -hmm. and snakes and bees and everything. They got a, they got all of them. But the point is, uh, I don't know. Uh, the, I don't know how uh, commonly uh, GL or Todd uh, shares these beliefs with other people. But I just I can't uh, possibly even put myself in his shoes to worry about it. The the climate has always changed. Right. What has what, what has changed is more and more people are in harm's way of nature. That's changed. They're living everywhere with more and more people on Earth. But mm -hmm. the, the 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 climate and what it produces has not changed. No, it's it did a major change ten thousand years ago. But that's part of the cycle. And uh, it warms up, it cools down. It's like the Calcutta Clipper. Yes, it comes right over. <laughs> comes right over. Cuts there. through. Yep. Like a knife. Yep. I would like to, uh, uh, Rook. I, I I need to uh, mention that I'm very proud of you. How's that? Joe spent about seven minutes on Australia, and you did not have not one once. Crocodile Dundee reference. Yep. I thought about it, and uh, when he said the town, uh, Nindege or whatever yep. it was, yep. I was going to go full into it, but I, I think it was going to throw him off. Look at, the, uh, look at your monitor. Let me see it. You see what I got here? Yep. You get sassy <laughs> with you call me. call that a knife? That ain't no knife. That's a knife. Well, well, here he goes. Thank you. you that go. ain't no knife. Michael J., Crocodile Dundee of Never Never Safaris. You never go out with us. If you do, you never come back. Yeah. <laughs> a plus. Such an instigator. Great. One more thought. I'm far more worried. It's the first about time it. I've smiled in the last 25 minutes. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. No problem, mate. I'm far more worried about Putin than I am of uh, climate change. 
Let's see where well, my lilacs bloom this year. That's why I'm uncomfortable with you guys mocking this uh, n- this nuclear bomb stuff. Not I mocking mean, it. I'm he, just, he's, in, he's entirely capable of starting World War III. Yes. Uh, and, and here we are going to Mardi Gras, and we're worried about last night's episode of the housewives and all of this other BS that we're doing in America. And, Everybody's just ignoring that this is a global threat as far as I'm concerned. We uh, should be obsessed with this as a country. Okay, okay. What I think we were pointing out is the absurdity of the government recommendations. If, in fact, there's World War III, not much is going to save you. So to put these, it just it just gives them something to do, to say, well, make sure you have water and food, well, which is fine well, as your Joe, house burns down around we're you. We're talking about a bunch of jackasses who, when it snows out or rains out, we have to tell them to turn on their headlights. Right. <laughs> uh, 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 Americans need their hands held. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's perfectly legitimate to talk about this because Americans are dumbasses. Well, Sarah Palin, because <laughs> she can see Russia from her house, she's in trouble first, right? All right, let's, have a, let's play this game for a moment. What? Uh, let's say, God forbid, and I invoke God strenuously, because uh, I believe in God. If you don't believe in God, you'll believe in anything. Probably you'll believe in climate change is going to melt you. The uh, God forbid this happens, but let's say it does. Well, what are you going to do? Well, at least consider, I think the government owes it to us to warn us and tell us all that nonsense that you just read off. And then tell us how to survive. What should be in our bug out bag? How the hell are we going to survive one day, a week, a month? Or, you know, or just be straight up honest with us. If you're in one of the top 10 cities that are going to get hit, kiss your ass goodbye. You're going to die. You know, are they afraid of starting a mass exodus out of major cities? I don't think this is a threat that should be ignored or, or laughed at. I'm really missing something, Kenny. You apparently presume there's a, a people in the government that are capable of telling you how to survive this. <laughs> well, that is an excellent point, mm-hmm. my, my friend. I don't think they know any more than you do. <laughs> yeah. And I think what Joe was making fun of more was the, the social distancing. which <laughs> That's going to be the least I, of your problems. Uh, yeah, that's absolutely. That's absolutely. Yeah. But obviously, as we've discovered, that was put in there as a result of the COVID in 2020. Yeah. Well, but that makes it even worse. So it's been there two years. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's my new answer to everything. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what is this? Oh, I have an update from Kelsey. The, uh, the Felicity Ace, the boat carrying all oh, the yeah. exotic yeah. cars, yeah. she yeah. went down. She's oh, down. Oh, went oh, to the bottom God. of the sea. The ocean, they say, never. Boy, I wish I wish we had a newscast coming up to talk about all this stuff. Well, I, repeat it. I won't go on. I won't go on. Okay. I won't go on. There's one, one, yeah, one other story I already hit, too, that I had. Which so, one? I don't remember. I don't the Russian know. invasion of Ukraine. Right. <laughs> yeah, don't talk about that. Yeah. Why don't we uh, just uh, yeah. reset here a little just bit? reset. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> It's Reavers here for Josh Arnold. Mr. Money Talk is what he's called around these parts. Josh has been an investment consultant since 1978. This extensive career has given him the experience needed to manage your money in both up and down markets. Josh provides independent, personalized investment planning to individuals and small businesses, including retirement plans. Josh has been doing this for quite some time, and the thing that separates him from the rest is he will always give you straight talk and never sugarcoated advice. When you invest for yourself or for your small business with Josh, you get the same straight talk 
Talk that you would expect from Mr. Money Talk. You also get an investment consultant who will work proactively with you to create a strategy that fits your goals. You can also hear him at the end of Garage Logic every Tuesday and Thursday with a full report. Give him a call today for that free 48-minute financial consultation at 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. Or for more information, just visit his website, joshartlinvestmentconsultant.com. You found a this guy video. wears many hats, just uh, not indoors. Joe Suchere. This one's easy to remember. The website, aimhighconstructionmman.com. Right now, the perfect time to get the ball rolling with Chris and his crews for your spring and summer projects. They do residential and commercial work. Uh, they've worked for the state. They've worked for the feds, Aim High Construction MN. Owned by a vet, Chris served in the Air Force during the first Gulf War, uh, and now and now the government's paying him again to do work for him. The reason you want to book spring and summer work is because, well, in addition to being very, very busy, aim high. They use quality materials, and sometimes post-COVID, the good stuff is in high demand. So if you've been dreaming about it, upgrades, uh, the bathroom, kitchen, basement, siding, deck, patio, anything big, small, indoor, out, now, get a hold of him right now and get the bid ball rolling. The work always guaranteed. Craftsmanship of the highest quality. I can personally attest to that, by the way. Uh, and the website, aimhighconstructionmn.com. Such, before you jump back into it, I just read something really fascinating on the Internet. And if it's on Twitter, you know it's true. Uh, 60% of Amer- I actually wrote it down here. 60% of Americans believe that Putin would not have attacked if Barney Fife was the president. <laughs> <laughs> this is an Eric uh, Rasmussen piece from Five Eyewitness News. The yes. city of Minneapolis is committing millions of additional dollars to a novel public safety program that relies on unarmed community members working as violence interrupters. This is your new reimagining of... Law enforcement. Sure. Wow. City council members voted last week to increase the contracts with the nonprofit groups as part of the Minneapolis, Minneapolis U.S. Strategic Outreach Initiative, which launched last year. Those contracts could now be worth up to $7.5 million. In an update to the council, Sasha Cotton, director of the city's Office of Violence Prevention, said teams have made hundreds of contacts with people at risk and report that they have de-escalated a variety of conflicts. Hmm. But there's a, there's a wrinkle in this. What's the mm. wrinkle? But in response to a formal request for written copies of those reports, the city mm. said they do not exist. Oh. Right. Advocacy group Communities United Against Police Brutality filed requests under the Minnesota Government Data Practices Act asking the city to produce monthly progress reports from nonprofit groups contracted to do the violence interruption work. Mm-hmm. I would want that. In lieu of organizations submitting schedules and monthly reports, that information is being gathered from the contractors through verbal reports no. and discussions. <laughs> so hearsay yeah, is what they're giving us. It's another here's. example of federal money that could very well be uh, using being used fraudulently. When really, have you ever had an example of that happening here? <laughs> you can't really chase down those reports that are only verbal, too. You're not leaving much of a paper trail. In lieu of organizations submitting schedules and monthly reports, that information is being gathered from the contractors through verbal reports and discussions, wrote Kristen Olson, a data practices compliance official for the city of Minneapolis. She added that some of those reports were made over the phone. Michelle Gross, president of the uh, Communities United Against Police 
brutality, which requested the report, says she's not satisfied with the city's response. How can you have any kind of assessment of any reporting on large contracts by just having an over-the-phone conversation, Gross said. It told me that the city is not doing a good job of actually monitoring contracts that they issue. A good job? Any job? And that this program is a (laughs) free-for-all. Cotton declined interview requests, but sent five investigates a written statement reiterating that the nonprofit contracted with the city have provided updates at regular meetings. No, you, no, this no, isn't good. No. But, but what have we noticed? The closer you get to the country's tallest building, more and more programs that cannot be measured for achievement keep getting invented. Mm-hmm. There is no way to gauge the effectiveness of these violence interrupters if they're not uh, able to be measured for their success. Right. Well, we had seven fights in 2021. Uh, uh, how do you know that? Well, a guy called me and told me. Ray told me. <laughs> Who uh, the hell's Ray? <laughs> each of these agencies has met the policy and procedural requirements to be the vendors of the city. Cotton wrote the Minneapolis U.S. Strategic Outreach Initiative is in its infancy stages. However, we believe current efforts are changing the lives of both those providing and receiving the services. You can't make that statement, Cotton. It's, it's impossible to provide the evidence of it. Experts in Minnesota's open records law said the city's decision to accept verbal reports from contractors rather than updates in writing is unusual. Really? <laughs> you think? It's very surprising that there would not be any data about that because even if the contracted party is not supplying the data, there's still going to be somebody from the city on the other end of the phone call making notes, said Matt Ealing, a board member with the Minnesota Coalition of Government Information. God, we got a lot of people, don't we? Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is basic good governance 101, Ealing said. The public has to understand what its tax tax dollars are being used for. Well, we don't understand. So this is city-specific, correct? Mm -hmm. Is there anywhere in there where they're going to develop a data collection process? Do they mention that at all? Something to replace the hearsay with proven facts because i'm looking at a piece um, where hennepin county uh, might spend five million more on what they're calling a gun violence plan but they have goals laid out uh, including developing a data collection process and building analytics to monitor outputs outcomes and program effectiveness that's what i'd like to see number one if they're going to spend what did you say how much 7.5 million Oof. When the city council considered additional funding for the Minneapolis U.S. program last week, four council members voted in in opposition. Two of them, Jason Chavez and Asha Chigati, specifically opposed additional funding for the nonprofit We Push for Peace. That group faced criticism last year after cell phone video showed one of its members punching and kicking a homeless man. Oh, it was outside a Target. I right. remember yeah. that oh, story. Oh, yeah, we, we covered that extensively. We push for peace. We push for peace. Outside pe- a Cub. Or was it a Cub? cub okay, yeah. thank Just you. Just correcting you. We, thank you. <laughs> we push for peace later fired that employee. I want to make sure that when we are contracting with external organizations of any sort working on public safety, that we have mechanisms in place for accountability and transparency, Chugati told five investigates on Monday. Well, good. Thank you, lady. Chugati said she did not know the city had not received written progress reports so far from the groups. She didn't know that. Didn't know it. Um, Just for the record, Chugati... Um, Asia Ward 10, and you said the other one was Jason uh, Chavez. Yeah. He's Ward 9. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
we know nothing uh, except $7.5 million of your taxpayer money is being awarded by the city council to uh, groups about which we know nothing and are not expected to file written reports. Therefore, they're not expected to produce any available means of measuring their success. Are we in the twilight zone? Oh, man. A spokesman, I'm sorry, a spokesperson for the city of Minneapolis says the groups will now be providing written reports every six months and that an annual report for 2021 is expected this spring. We're not saying don't do the program. We're saying tell us about the program and tell us how effective it is. Well, as is of this moment, you have uh, neighborhood characters cashing handsome checks and calling themselves violence interrupters <laughs> without us knowing whether they've interrupted any violence. How well, many, uh, what, how many... What, what did Fry pay the people who supposedly were... Uh, the sheriffs of uh, George Floyd Square. Remember that? Oh, yeah. They had a list yeah. of demands. Uh, yeah. Uh, they they didn't do anything that could be measured for success or achievement. Well, Joe, that's because you're racist. Everything you get, the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, the more likely it is to see the invention of program after program after program that cannot possibly be measured for any achievement. It just swallows up more and more and more tax dollars. You're seeing it in St. Paul, and you're seeing it in Minneapolis. Think how many cops you could hire with that money. Mm-hmm. That know what they're doing. And what do they do? What do they spend 25 to 30% of their time doing? Filling out reports. Mm-hmm. This is what happened. Why? Because we need a paper trail. Yeah, the, the police certainly have to fill out reports. In detail. But not the new people you're going to give $7.5 million we, we to. Got, Joe, I push for peace. Yeah, you, well, good. You also push people down and right. stop them on the head. How'd your shift go tonight? Good. Yeah, it's like but... asking a kid how their day was. It's good, good. Anything happen tonight? Not nah, much. Not, really. not too much. Not really. I bought a new car. <laughs> I put some money down on a condo. This ah. is a, it's, 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 There's no adults to stop this because we're ruled by only one form of ideology. There's no one to step in and say this. Well, Trugatti, is, to a certain extent, is saying, I'm not voting for this unless you can demonstrate you're providing some means of achievement. Mm-hmm. She would have been the last I would have expected that from, mm. if, I, if I remember her. Both, both her and Jason, I believe, are new, aren't they? Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's just astounding. Just absolutely astounding. Uh, why don't we come back with Johnny Heights News? It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. Hello? It's the end of the world as we know it. And he feels fine. Hello? Joe Suchere. I thought we had some new Dylan music. We do. Is this this kind of sets the... This would lead no. me into a... a a soft, wonderful mood where if I heard somebody talking about a product, I would go out and purchase it right away. Never mind that. I can actually see you applying toenail uh, polish to your wife's foot as this music plays. Oh After I've washed them, yes, and put some lotion on them. <laughs> anyway, Rook, you're right. Moon Motorsports and Monticello. They have more major power sports brands under one roof than any other regional dealer, making it the most exciting 
showroom experience here in Minnesota. That seriously large showroom right there in Monticello, south side of 94, and of course on the web, moonmotorsports.com. In addition to being the region's source for four-wheel rigs like Polaris, Honda, Can-Am, uh, ATVs, side-by-sides, Moon Motorsports, they also sell more exciting European street motorcycles than any other regional dealer. And right now, Moon has the la- uh, the latest models of Ducati, Triumph, and Beamers, BMW motorcycles, in the showroom. So you can't miss out on uh, getting your brand-new 2022. Stop by and visit one of the Euro brand experts today. Uh, they are Moon Motorsports, that is, our Minnesota motorcycle, ATV, side-by-side service parts, and sales provider. Check them out in Monticello and, of course, on the web, moonmotorsports.com. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. Russia's war on Ukraine now in its sixth day with a miles-long convoy of Russian tanks and armored vehicles getting closer to the Ukrainian capital. Russia on Tuesday stepped up shelling of Kharkiv, Ukraine's second-largest city, hitting civilian targets there. Casualties mounted. Reports emerged that more than 70 Ukrainian soldiers were killed after Russian artillery hit a military base in Oitikra, a city between Kharkiv and Kiev, the capital. Kiev is outgunned, but determined troops have slowed Russia's advance, held on to Kiev for now and other key cities. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky, who had earlier cut diplomatic ties with Moscow and declared martial law, and whose defiance has drawn much admiration from the West, has asked NATO to impose a complete no-fly zone over Ukraine for Russian airplanes, helicopters, and missiles. Uh, Russian forces, by the way, have been accused of using the widely banned and dangerous weapons known as vacuum bombs that Mm -hmm. obliterate their victims. Amnesty International accused Russia of using the bombs or thermobaric weapons to attack a preschool wow. in northeastern Holy Ukraine. Holy my crapper. God. While civilians took shelter inside, Oksana Markarova, Ukraine's ambassador to the U.S., told reporters after meeting with members of the U.S. Congress that Russia had indeed used that type of weapon. It's fired or dropped and the first explosive charge spreads the fuel in a cloud that sucks up all the oxygen, <sighs> then then flows around objects and into structures. As the fuel cloud spreads, the second charge detonates. The explosion creates a blast wave that's most destructive if you are in an enclosed space, a building, or a foxhole. You know what I haven't seen or heard, and maybe if I have and I, I've forgotten, what does Putin stand to gain by all of this? Is there some natural resources? Ego. No. Well, no, the, the finance money. No, well, no, the, the reconstruction of yeah, of, that's of a, it of about a nineteenth-century vision of an imperialistic mm-hmm. society. That's it. Yeah. Yep. The most disturbing thing you just uh, you talked about that bomb, Johnny. The yeah. most disturbing thing I find is that someone sitting in a room somewhere thought up a bomb that could do that kind of sick damage. Plus, it's against the law to use that bomb. It's against the yeah. conventions of war to use that bomb. Yeah. Okay, Chris. Why? 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 Well, what? who came up with the the rules? This isn't an NFL game. This is you know people well, killing each other. There's rules out there, but there's, Putin's yeah, not going to follow. Rules of engagement. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can, well, you, only, can, you can, can kill, only kill you certain yeah, ways. Yeah, you can kill a, pre, a a school full of preschool kids this way, but that way it is. So that means if we ever get our hands on this greasy um, sob. Yep. Um, we can war crimes figure in, right? Yes. Right, yeah, yeah. right. And that's right. after World War II, uh, the Nazis, that's what Nuremberg was all about. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because oh. conventions of war had been violated. They were tried. Uh, most of them were hung. A trial's <laughs> so too good for this uh, person. Uh, he needs to go away. 
Yeah. I'm thinking um, Mussolini or Ceausescu uh, hang from a pole in a public <laughs> square for a while, allow the citizens to flog their dead body. Uh, one story that just came out this morning, Russian Marines mutinying on board warships and refusing to attack a Ukrainian port. A uh, fleet was poised to begin a beach assault on the strategic gateway of Odessa. But the troops are said to have defied orders and steamed back to Russia instead. Ukrainian media claims a riot broke out on the warships. At the same time, a number of Russian helicopters and drones are flying over uh, Luzanavika Beach, preparing for landing. That beach just north of Odessa was defended with mines and anti-tank hedgehogs. Just before an all-out amphibious assault was due, the Russians radioed Ukrainian defenders to say the attack was off. Now, we don't know. Hopefully those stories are true, but... uh, Yes. Are you looking up a map of Ukraine? No, uh, yeah, the... actually I am. So Odessa is on uh, the Black Sea. Oh, so they just, that's not a, a long trip home. No. And My, it looks uh, like there's some straits they go through to, to get there. What's, I was looking up the book I read. What's, what's the spy novel I read with Odessa in the title? Is, it's either Ludlam or Kesey. I or, think so. Uh, not Kesey. Not Kesey. Um, um, uh, Follett, isn't it? It's yeah. one of those two. Yeah. Uh, and I lost my ability to go to the... Uh, Internet, Chris. I don't know what happened. Boy, that's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to need it. Oh, one, uh, one crazy. i got to look it up, Joe. One grandfather and one grandmother came from Odessa, Russia, in the Haidt family. Really? North Dakota. So, really? Yeah, they both uh, migrated in 1913, 14, 15, right in that area. Uh, one other note, and this story uh, is brand new, so I don't have a lot oh. of details, but oh, it's uh, interesting. Sorry, John. Hold on. Frederick yeah. Forsyth. Was it Forsyth? Yeah, the uh, Odessa file. The Odessa file, yeah. Uh, this, no details, but uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, in Great Britain, the in Parliament, <laughs> conservative MP Bob Seeley oh, yeah, uh, made, made the most of <laughs> parliamentary parliamentary privilege. And uh, this morning when he stood up at Parliament, he started naming individual lawyers who work in London who work for Russian oligarchs mm. and and question their morality, which probably is not going to make those lawyers very popular uh, in, in Great Britain. Mm-hmm. President Biden will use his first State of the Union address tonight to claim credit for a robust economy and a unified global response to the <laughs> invasion of Ukraine. <laughs> wait, what? What? No, wait, you, you misread that. What? I, I, I didn't, no. Robust economy? I'll have more on that later, apparently. The speech, which has been in the works for months, was originally meant to focus on the president's domestic agenda. Uh, The president has earned mostly bipartisan support for the efforts to stand up to Putin. But there also has been some criticism from both parties that Biden's team was too slow to impose sanctions on Russia, in part because of a desire to accommodate the concerns of some European nations. Minnesota State Patrol troopers uh, stopped over 500 drivers for speeding, made over 20 arrests during that time of increased patrols in the metro. Uh, We talked about this when it was happening, the agency increasing its presence for 10 days as part of its Highway Enforcement for Aggressive Traffic, or HEAT, effort. Troopers increased patrols along Minneapolis and surrounding area roads, as well as along Interstate 94 between 694 and St. Paul. The Minnesota Department of Public Safety announced troopers were focused on preventing excess speeding and criminal activity. The update, given yesterday, says they stopped 516 drivers for speeding, arrested 23 people for DWIs, and six for outstanding warrants during that 10-day 
period. May we go back to the uh, robust economy uh, mm -hmm. portion yes, of your, your newscast? Yes, there, sir. I was uh, listening to a, a national news uh, outlet over the weekend that said, you know, in other news, consumer spending is up, meaning that this person was insinuating that that was a good thing. Mm -hmm. Well, um, consumer spending is up because everything costs three times as much right. as it did a year ago. Right. So. John, that you know, I'm just going to go right to that story since we keep talking about John, it. John, wait, wait before it. you go any further, that Odessa story, where did that... Yes, sir. What, what's the source of that? The source of that was, uh, Chris, where did it come from? It came from... Uh, the Sun. The Sun, right? Yeah. Thank, thank you to Kelsey, British, by the way, for sending that story. One along. of the British papers, yeah. All right. So, But it's one of those stories that's kind of been floating, you know. I, I've become just so cynical about virtually it's everything yeah, it's tough, out of there, you know. Why, why are you not one fighter? Uh, one fighter pilot took down six uh, enemy warplanes. Oh, you I know. see what you're yeah. saying. Uh, the that the signs turned around. It's supposed to, you know, like it's World War II and it's uh, yeah. John Wayne uh, looking for Saint Mary Gleese. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's definitely a propaganda war. Uh, yeah. In progress. And yeah. sometimes the new, quote, news stories, which is kind of why I said that when I read the story, uh, are, are not news stories. I did get an email um, from someone yesterday that um, said that there is no city in Ukraine called Goslo, based on the soundbite I played <laughs> yesterday from the Three Stooges. <laughs> Oh, okay. An emailer. Oh, okay. There is no Goslo, Ukraine. Mm -hmm. right. There's Goslo. I, I know it was a uh, soundbite from the Three Stooges yeah. in which Curly saw a sign saying "Go slow" and pronounced it Goslo. It, it's. Uh, it always has amazed me. The five of us, I, I think, have pretty robust senses of humor. All five of yeah. us. Yeah. And sometimes a lot of GLers, they appear to not have any sense of humor. So, and, and I mean just, that only in the nicest way. Right. Such a hurry to correct or condemn. <laughs> They're just ready to pounce. Oh, God. John, that uh, was almost as good as a talk show host saying, with all due respect, with all due I'm respect, about to yeah. rip you to right. shreds. I, I should have said it. I should have started it with that. Damn it. Uh, meanwhile, here's that story. Uh, the Wall Street Journal reporting, as uh, Putin launching the war against Ukraine, uh, the U.S. economy appears to be rebounding from a winter surge of COVID-19 infections. A range of U.S. data suggests U.S. economic activity picking up in recent weeks. A lot of Wall Street analysts expect the Labor Department to report large job gains in February and a further decline in unemployment. The developments, they say, suggest the U.S. is in a position to withstand an economic shock that might emanate from battlegrounds in Ukraine. Those effects could push U.S. inflation higher than already elevated levels, but the economic expansion appears to be on solid ground. The experts say much could change, though, in the days or weeks ahead if the fighting intensifies or spreads to other countries or if sanctions and Russian reprisals to sanctions deepen, the effects could hit the U.S. economy harder. But those same experts say the U.S. economy is in a position to absorb those effects. Hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Target pushing through the headwinds, inflation and congested ports to deliver uh, great results for the three-month period that included the crucial holiday shopping season. Fourth quarter profits rose nearly 12 percent. Sales increased 9.4 percent. And Target released an upbeat revenue outlook for 2022. Uh, one thing that helped them, which I thought was very interesting, they were able to charter vessels. Hmm. So they chartered, chartered their own vessels yeah. to bring goods in and fill the shelves ahead of the uh, shopping crunch. Yeah, but that doesn't explain how a chartered vessel would have any easier access to a port than the boats already waiting out there at anchor. Well, that's a good point. I wonder See, how they why, pulled that what, off. That's why this is your show. That's I didn't right. even think yeah. of that one yeah. when I first saw the story. 
A 21-year-old woman charged Monday for her role in a three-vehicle crash that killed one and left two others injured last September in Maple Grove. April Faith O'Leary of Otsego is charged with three counts of criminal vehicular homicide and three counts of criminal vehicular operation for driving under the influence and causing substantial bodily inf- uh, bodily harm. Excuse me. There is a warrant out for arrest. She is not in custody. This all happened about 4.30 in the morning on September 12th. Officers found three vehicles involved in a crash. A Volvo S60 and a Jeep Grand Cherokee were in the road. Both had severe front-end damage. The third car, a Toyota Sienna, had rolled into a ditch, had major front-end and driver's side damage. The Sienna's driver pinned inside the car was declared dead at the scene. 31-year-old man pinned in the Jeep. His left leg was crushed with the mm-hmm. bone sticking out and his femur suffering a compound fracture. O'Leary was in the Volvo, visibly intoxicated, told police she rear-ended the Jeep, but didn't know that a third car was involved. At the scene, she blew a .19 blood alcohol concentration. Uh, State Patrol said she was doing 124 miles an hour. Woo! just before rear-ending the Jeep. The speed limit in that area is 55. How old is our sheriff going? How fast is our sheriff going? 129, about, right? About the same, right? Right in that uh, general... I, I think the sheriff won. I, I interrupt this newscast to tell you that a billboard just went up in Times Square that says, Drill more, Joe. This ain't hard. Drill more. We need oil. <laughs> wow. It says, Hey, Vlad, screw you. Yet to Russian oil. Time for American oil. Drill more, pay less. Come on, Joe. This ain't hard. Okay. Just went up in Times Square. A little pushback. Mm-hmm. For the second consecutive year, a record number of handgun carry permits were issued last year in Minnesota. The Bureau of Criminal Apprehension today released its annual permit to carry report, and it showed 106,488 permits were issued in 2021. Uh, That's up nearly 10.3% from 2020 when a record 96,554 were issued. According to the BCA, 176 permits were suspended last year, 40 were revoked, 1,165 voided, and 1,627 were denied. Uh, As you talked about, Joe, that large cargo vessel carrying cars from Germany to the U.S. sank in the mid-Atlantic 13 days after fire broke out on board. The Felicity Ace sank about 250 miles off Portugal's Azores Islands as it was being towed. A 200-meter or 650-foot-long vessel listed to starboard before going under, according to the ship's manager. The Portuguese Navy confirmed the sinking, saying it occurred outside Portuguese waters. They were able, remember we told you last week, to evacuate the 22 crew members when the fire first broke out. Ocean-going tugboats with firefighting equipment had been hosing down the ship's hull to cool it wasn't clear how many cars were on board, but vessels of the Felicity Aces size can carry about 4,000 vehicles. European car makers declined to talk about how many vehicles and what models were on board, but Porsche customers in the U.S. were being contacted by the dealers, according to the company. The ship was transporting electric and non-electric vehicles, according to Portuguese authorities. Suspicion on what started the fire has fallen on lithium batteries used in electric vehicles, although at this point authorities say they have no firm evidence uh, that that was the cause of the fire. There must be some technological means of disengaging the tow rope or cable. Otherwise, you're... You would take that to the bottom with you. You'd take the tow boat to the bottom with right. you. That's a good point. They yeah. must have, have some, uh, you pull the trigger and you flip the cable You off. know what I bet? <laughs> I bet they thought of that. I hope so. Right? <laughs> How deep is this water? I don't know. Swim over there and uh, cut that rope, would you? Yeah. 
Again, I never would have thought of that, Joe. That's why this is your show. Well, we were wondering <laughs> last week how they were going to hook it up. Right. Really? Right. right. Yeah. I must not have been. I must not have been listening closely. Yeah, you, you're a bit of a selective listener, uh, you John. Just <laughs> tie a marine knot and just start pulling the thing, right? Well, I got to think it was cable. John, no offense, John, I am John, too. John hears <laughs> Kenny say something outrageous, but then never hears Kenny correct himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's one of those guys. <sighs> So, Hi, John. I love so defense. I like being He's so together on the 800th show. I love the chemistry. Well, I love it. What are we going to talk about tomorrow on the podcast besides uh, the JFK thing, John? Oh, are we going for that again? No. Okay. I don't know. Tomorrow's, I'm available. Tomorrow's 801. No, he meant on the news from the Krabby no, Coffee the, Show. Oh, on the, the fun podcast. Oh. The one that yeah. makes... Well, never mind. Uh, Neil Diamond has sold his publishing now and master recordings to Universal Music Group in the latest catalog deal. No financial terms were disclosed, but estimates says it's a big one, range anywhere from $300 to $500 million. Along with his publishing and masters, the deal includes 110 unreleased tracks, an unreleased album, and archival video footage. UMG will also handle any future Diamond music if the musician decides to go back into the studio. Over his career, the 81-year-old Diamond built up one of the most robust catalogs in pop as both a performer and songwriter. Major hits, Cracklin' Rosie, I Am I Said, Songs on Blue, and of course, Sweet Caroline, which, well, still heard in baseball stadiums and karaoke bars everywhere. Unfortunately. Additionally, Diamond's... Wait a second. Who's seen him in concert? I have not. I have. I know one person that has, because it was a date night, I believe, uh, that we made fun of you about. Uh, That was Barry Manilow. Oh, darn it. Uh, but I have seen. Uh, what's your, one of your favorite Neil Diamond songs? I really don't have one. That's our next segment coming up right after this break. No, no it's not. <laughs> we'll never do that. Additionally, Diamond's publishing catalog has some extra juice. Swear, but I never like the sound of me alone. It's I, I like am, I said. I, am I like I said. that one. Uh, his publishing catalog has some extra juice. He's written songs other people have covered and had big hits with. UB40, of course, famously did Red Red Wine. Johnny Cash had a country hit with his version of Solitary Man. And uh, one of his earliest and biggest hits as a songwriter, I'm a Believer, for the Monkees, oh, yeah. made refamous decades later when Smash Mouth covered it in the first Shrek movie. So red, Red Wine? Twice. I am myself. Uh, one of the most moving songs, Brooklyn Roads. He talks about Continue, John. The, the smell of boiled Happy ham. Happy 800, Mayor. This year's, uh, this year's <laughs> Super Bowl had an even bigger audience than originally thought. Yeah. As many as 208 million people in the U.S. likely watched some or all of the Super Bowl. According Did you just to say 208 million? That's about two thirds of the country. Wow. That's almost two thirds of the country. To Nielsen and the National Football League, that's a 25% gain from the 167 million people that Nielsen said watched some or all of the game earlier this month. That has to be the largest television crowd in history. Isn't it? New findings, I don't think so, are also the result of a survey by the University of Chicago's National Opinion Research Center. Uh, Nielsen Sports Managing Director John Stainer said, while the company is confident in its measurement capabilities, we're always looking for ways to more strongly collaborate with our clients. The audience that viewed the entire game, in which the Rams beat the Bengals, was 112.3 million. That makes it the most wholly watched Super Bowl since 2017. This year's game was broadcast on NBC, its Spanish-language channel Telemundo, and its Peacock streaming service. Uh, Okay, according to Wikipedia, the previous highest uh, audience in television broadcast history in the U.S. 
in the U.S., excuse me, was July of 2005 for Live Aid. You guys remember that? Mm-hmm. And that was just sure. under 200 million. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Uh, one other <laughs> sports note. Uh, Chris and I are very concerned about this. Major League Baseball and the Players Association talked into the early morning as hours of Tuesday. The deal set a deadline for reaching a new collective bargaining agreement and saving the 162-game season. A deal was not reached, but enough progress was made that the league extended the deadline to today at 4 o'clock our time. Uh, talks have resumed already this morning. The Athletics' Evan Drellich is on the ground in Jupiter, Florida. Uh, he says that as talks unfold, you should keep a few things in mind. The union making it clear it felt the gap on key issues remains significant. So the deal is not done. It might not be by the end of the day, but they're hopeful uh, if it's not done by the end of today, they will again extend it. So continue. we're going to extend it, but this time we really mean it. Well, they got to realize exactly. how petty they look on the world stage. Um, given that there's a threat of a nuclear holocaust. True, but uh, w- what are they talking about? Uh, Money. We went through this on Monday Night I, Sports I know, Talk. But, I know, but what I'm saying is it's they're not going to change anything tonight by sitting down and talking. They're not going to come to an agreement. So, John, did you listen to MNST? I did not. I, I, I stuck around and listened to the first few minutes. I'm wondering, fellas, if you pulled Royce away from the edge, uh, John, if I remember right, he's in, endorsing the new uh, proposal, two strikes, three balls. Yep. <laughs> yep. How do you feel about that, Johnny, you being a purist? I'm, I'm very uncomfortable with that. I, uh, I, I would vote against that. Was he just fishing there? Was he just trying I don't to... think so. No, he's old. He says, I can't stay up that late. Let's go. Well, this <laughs> is... This was predicted in the last season of Brockmire, where they're just doing all these outrageous things to save baseball. That's I would not do that. I would just I would just tell the players you got to quit this muddling around. Let's go here. You'd, you'd find them for uh, I'd find their gloves, yeah. batting yeah. gloves. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm you not your batting glove. You're fined two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> if you notice, and you go back to listen to Monday Night Sports Talk, I'm not a super huge in touch baseball fan, which is why I was confused for the first five minutes when Patrick said, "I'm not a fan of a man having three balls." Um, Reavers, I'm just going to ignore that. Reavers, what exactly does do batting gloves do for you? Seriously, come on. Uh, they can they provide a little well, grip, you know, a little. Uh, well, and if you play every day, uh, it does prevent your blisters. Form, so yeah. it prevents. You know, what so Tom what? Kelly said Velcro is what's yeah. ruined baseball. No, now. that's that's so old, Joe. Uh, I know, just, but it's very accurate. <laughs> just <laughs> man up and accept the blisters, oh. you wussies. Yeah. Big deal. But All when right, your then. livelihood is based on how many games you play, that does factor into it, don't you but agree? what do blisters turn into? Calluses. Calluses. Ask any guitar player. Yeah. Hey. You don't see Springsteen coming out with a, a, oh, I gotta wear a guitar glove. Because I might get calluses because <laughs> I'm a big glove. baby. <laughs> I'm down to the river uh, to find my glove. Jeff. Joe, I got a story for you here. I think you'll. Uh, there, there will not be a sixteen hundredth. Oh yeah, there, yeah, there will be. <laughs> Double it. Double it up. Uh, uh, some groups are pushing for new ranking systems to help uh, help elevate awareness around the issue or assign names to heat waves, much oh. like the federal agencies do to oh, hurricanes. Right. They do that with snowstorms yeah. too now. Kathy Bauman-McLeod, the senior vice president and director of the Adrian Arsht Rockefeller Foundation Resilience Center, said we need a shock to the system. The organization, which focuses on policy solutions to the climate problem. 
has advocated heat wave naming along with number categories as a way to add urgency to the growing disasters. Here comes Heatwave Mortimer. I did not uh, I did not write this. I of course just copied and pasted this because I wanted Joe to enjoy the the writing of the story. The group advised California on new legislation introduced last year. Oh, this is in California. I probably should have mentioned that. Mm. Uh, which would make it the first state to implement a naming and ranking system like the organizational system for categorizing storms dating back to the 1800s. Other countries are already doing this. Athens, Greece, Seville, Spain will roll out similar programs later this year. Advocates of the program think assigning a name to a disaster would help people engage with it. Oh, just makes us. How tune tough out is it more. for you, Rivers, to go to the GL Facebook page right now? I can do it right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, das. I'm um, getting a note that uh, anything in particular. I'm getting mean? a note that we have some very uh, uh, tinfoil hat types commenting on our Facebook page, and I. I texted this person back saying I never uh, see our Facebook page. Yeah. Any topic in particular? I don't have a Facebook account. Is that very common, John? Uh, John, no, go yeah, ahead. I, I, gave, I gave up going to the comments on when we post the, mm-hmm. the show because there's about eight people, all the same people who... You don't like any of us, and just I don't know why they listen. Yeah, the, the roommate. I, I don't uh, know why they listen. The roommate informs me. Uh, she says, "Well, not everyone hates you, but <laughs> they're all on Facebook, whoever yeah. they may be." Yeah. I literally do not have a Facebook account, and I think That's, I'm much better off for yeah. it. Yes, you Absolutely. are. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I've, I've told you guys this a million times. If I didn't have a bunch of musician friends that I. Uh, share things with, I would get off Facebook immediately. Oh, I uh, I, I now see yeah. what um, what started this. That somebody thinks the images we're seeing from the Ukraine are fake? That, and then also the comments, because this is basically what will trigger every argument based on our personal Facebook pages, Trump and Biden comparisons. Oh. <laughs> that, that, you know. In which I will just not. I, I won't even go there. Sixty percent of Americans believe that uh, Putin wouldn't have invaded uh, uh, if, in fact, Evil Knievel was president. Well, I just read the email earlier in the show you know, that that can't be proven. Yeah, or, or the Crusher, or, yeah. or you know, like That's I said just... earlier, Barney Fife. It's a, it's a pointless argument. Yeah. It's it's yeah. getting us nowhere. What's John... what's going to be fun? No, I was just going to say what's going to be fun is now. If people, uh, those people listen this far into the show today, we'll have more comments today, I'm sure, on Facebook. Yeah, right. so. yeah. Rick well, Flair. We should, be, I before think we Rick go, Flair let me say one more the, thing. The, yes, John. Oh, I just, Take a chill just, pill on the comments, everybody. I was just going to say, today's uh, the start of Mardi Gras, party bra. Party bra. Yeah, I, I just wanted to Mardi say Gras, that, party so. bra. Do and they're underway in New Orleans. Do you know that uh, for the Twin Cities Live position that I've applied for, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. other people have... Every time somebody appears on the show, uh, on the Facebook page, you've got people that are just so mean-spirited. Really? Oh, yeah. Uh, that it's, Christian, it's incredible. the producer, had to say, hey, knock it off. These people have fam- I, I don't care. I've been no rookie. Yes, I like rookie, all that kind of stuff. That's fine. If you are going to post something on Facebook, just post <laughs> it positive for me. Don't rip anybody else because this other guy... TJ that I'm up against, they were ripping him to shreds. And you know what? I don't want to go down this road of having to argue about why is there a Facebook because you'll all tell me, oh, it's reunited families and it's done this. uh, I got news for you. It isn't going anywhere anytime soon. I know. I I just don't like social media. Yeah, I I completely get your stance. I would say, though, that Facebook is for an older crowd that uses it. 
grandmas, oh, yeah. moms, yeah. and dads. The teenage kids are not using Facebook. I, Rook, you got the kids like my kids' age. He thinks Facebook is a waste of time. What I'm are sure you still on Facebook too. for? Yeah, yeah and I love yeah, it. Exactly. I just like it personally for uh, Bob's comments on Facebook. You know, once in a while. Yes, Bob uh, did comment <laughs> on someone that lives in um, Flandreau, Wisconsin. I think pretty woman. That's what his last comment was. She was a pretty woman. Like, Dad, that's so... Or he'll say, send this out so it gets down to Winona. You know, he's got eight friends on Facebook, and he thinks it's going out on Facebook everywhere. Oh, All right, thank you. Uh, Okay. Thanks, Bob. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. How many Joe new ones Suchere. do you have from Dylan? I'm going to play this one every break for Why? the rest of the week. <laughs> I don't know. Just, you want a really one. nice You thought? just got one, right? Yeah, I, I, got, I did, and I played it just yesterday. Yeah. You want a calming thought that I happen to find myself agreeing with? Huh. Nostalgia relieves pain. Just looking at old photos can, can cure common aches. And I find myself agreeing with that. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's a Chinese study. Me too. I bu- yeah. I but uh, according to researchers at the Chinese Academy of Sciences, feeling nostalgic helps people overcome low levels of pain by reducing brain activity. While these feelings have been found to reduce people's perception of pain, biological mechanisms at work have remained a mystery until now. The study reveals that yearning for a simpler time reduces brain activity and could help people overcome low levels of pain like headaches. As a predominantly positive emotion, nostalgia serves various adaptive functions, including a recently revealed analgesic effect, study co-author, name I can't pronounce, said in a statement per Southwest News Service. Human participants' behavior results showed that the nostalgia paradigm significantly reduced participants' perception of pain, particularly in low intensities. Uh, the uh, participants were shown a series of 26 nostalgic images while hooked up to an MRI machine to measure their brain activity. The images featured scenes and items from a so-called average childhood, like a popular cartoon, TV show, schoolyard games, or vintage candy. At the same time, participants were exposed to varying levels of pain using a small heat generator on their right forearm. Boy, they really went into this, didn't they? <laughs> and uh, people who sh- are shown glimpses of childhood felt lower levels of pain than people who didn't, who weren't shown those. So that's uh, there you have it. It's a nice calming thought, isn't it? Yeah, it's really pleasant. Uh, and I, I, I buy that. I buy that. I, th- I think so. I, I'll yeah, occasionally I look so. at old pictures, and I just I, find that very relaxing. I actually, at the, the, that podcast conference I attended a couple of years ago, there was an entire delegation about nostalgic related podcasts and it was the mo- one of the most popular ones at the really? entire convention okay. yes oddly enough facebook just i found this this month sends you memories of 4 years ago 6 years ago a picture that you've taken gets me every it's time on facebook and I'm like, wow. Were you like that? I was similar to that. Automatically click on that, don't you? Because I do. Every time. Automatically. It was Gabe was driving a hoverboard down at the South St. Paul Flats. I'm like, he was so small. Is that the one that he uh, illegally acquired using uh, your credit card? (laughs) He wasn't sure if he bought it or not. (laughs) He wasn't sure. As he's punching in the numbers uh, and the, the CCV thing, and uh, the, uh, he wasn't sure if he bought it or God, not. God, I love he that really story. <laughs> and now I get Ameritrade 
Uh, I'm a, a joint account with him, yeah. but it, he uses his own money. And I open it up, and I'm like, and I'm like, how is this kid making money? What do you think of that, Joe? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, he, and then he lost his arm. <laughs> oh, now I'm being sent this. D. Snyder of Twisted Sister. Uh, met D. Yeah. at the airport. Saw that. I hear he's not a bad guy. He was a yeah. very nice guy. Uh, people are asking me why I endorsed the use of we're not going to take it for the Ukrainian people and did not for the anti-maskers. Well, one use is for a righteous battle against oppression. The other is an infantile feet stomping against an act of inconvenience. Wow, wow. that's pretty deep, D. Oh, Thank you're you. You're going to get nailed on Facebook for that one. D Ooh. or me? You. I don't care. I don't go to Facebook. But it wasn't Joe's comment. It was wasn't D's. my comment. Well, it's just sent a text anyway. What's going on? What do you think? Joe, why do they post on Facebook when they can just talk to you across the dinner table? I don't know. Joe's <laughs> <laughs> not always available. Uh, only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mumpumalanga, South Africa, from our friends, the Traveling Lymans. It's on this day in history. It's March 1. This day. Wow. Today. In 1856, the Territorial Legislature incorporates the St. Peter Company, which is authorized to engage in milling and water power work and to develop real estate. The company's stockholders hope to move the state capital to St. Peter, but their efforts are thwarted. James J. Hill would purchase the company's charter in 1901, hoping that its real estate powers would prove useful to the uh, railroads. Hmm. Hmm. Minneapolis, on this day, this day, 1856, uh, Minneapolis is approved for a town government by the territorial legislature. It would become a city 10 years later. The legislature also forms three counties, Lake County, named for Lake Superior, McLeod, named for Martin McLeod, a fur trader, and Pine County, named for the extensive pine forests of the region, or perhaps for the Pine River and Pine Lakes. And on this day in 1881, mm -hmm. the first state capital burned. 300 people escaped safely, but the building, including the law library, was a total loss. Ooh. Luckily, most of the Minnesota Historical Society's yes. artifacts are rescued from the basement. The second capital is built on the same site, a square block bounded by Wabashaw Cedar Exchange and 10th Streets, but is later replaced by the structure designed by Cass Gilbert. Mm -hmm. And on this day... In 1899. Go. There's a lot happening today. Yeah. The Theory of the Leisure Class, an Economic Study of Institution, authored by Thorstein Veblen, Veblen is published. A graduate of Carleton, Veblen earned recognition as a dynamic economist and social theorist, and his book remains influential in the 21st century. Hmm. And on this day. Boy, when? it was a busy day. Uh, in 1921, Patrick de Jarlet is born on the Red Lake Indian Reservation. He would paint colorful, stylized images of traditional Native life. And finally, on Fini this day, Finalement. on this day, March 1, in 1994, Runaway Train by Soul Asylum wins a Grammy for Best Rock Song. Huh. Really? I did not know that song won a Grammy. I did not either. Mm -hmm. Are they still around? Oh, yeah. Don't yeah. they always do a... Uh, Night before Thanksgiving show at First Ave, Johnny? I don't know. They got to have some yearly thing, annual thing. Yeah, I don't know. I what thought it that is, that's what it was. You know, actually, oddly enough, you know who commented on that? Hmm. Man, Antonio Brown was not hurt. I know he was faking. 
Go back and look at the play. Oh, I think he need a Grammy Award for that one. <laughs> I do. A Grammy. A Grammy. Yeah. He's got to get a Grammy that. Award for that. For his acting. That was Pac-Man Jones commenting yeah. on Antonio Brown. Hey, uh, really quick, you, you mentioned the Capitol burning and then us re- rebuilding it. What would a $9 billion surplus, how many capitals could we build back in the 1800s with that? Well, you could have built a lot, huh? Give me my damn money back. I'm surprised it didn't come up at all today. Uh, $9 billion surplus. But lower the tax brackets. Why? Because it's my money. Oh, is that why? <laughs> I can spend it better than Walls. Okay. I think it should all go to education. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You were having such a good day. Number 800. 800. Bucks. Let's, let's kill it. Let's kill 800 with uh, signing up on the Garage Logic YouTube page. You're going to find stuff that's extremely entertaining for you. The Garage Logic Facebook page. Yes, give us a follow. Check it out. Also, the Garage Logic Instagram, Twitter, and the likes. I'm going to keep hitting buttons. AOL, online, Insta Message, and Pod MN to find out the right podcast for you. Way to stand up Thank for you. American values. Got it. Got it. Rook. Yeah, bro. Can I get a cha? Can I get a 123-800 cha? Great tail off. We might have it by 1600. Think so? Yep. <laughs> Four Here's more years. the red, white, and blue. It is that time once again here in Garage Logic where we pick up that phone and we make that call to Mr. Money Talk. Josh Arnold GLers, now is the time to make that same call for that free 48-minute financial consultation by doing just what I did. Call 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. When you call that number, you get Josh and you also get straight talk. You never get sugar-coated advice. And Josh is with us once again here in Garage Logic. And Josh, the world is isn't ending, but you might think it is. That's true. The world is not ending, but there are plenty of indications that the Russian invasion of Ukraine could instigate broader warfare. That's primarily because Putin has put his nuclear deterrence force on alert. The United States nor other countries have not responded, and I don't believe they're going to respond and go to DEFCON 3, 4, or worse than that. The sanctions coming from the Western powers and elsewhere have been very, very strong against Putin, including today, even the UN members walking out on a speech on human rights by the Russian foreign minister. You can probably count the number of times that that has happened in the history of the UN on one one hand. Putin probably did not think the response to his invasion in Ukraine would result in such an adverse response to he, his colleagues, and his country, as has happened in the last week. Russian banks have essentially been shut off from the rest of the world. Today, Visa and MasterCard block Russian bank access to their system. The Russian banks have been cut out of the SWIFT exchange system, and numerous companies and countries are refusing to do business with Russia and Russian companies. Semiconductor companies, for the most part, have stopped sales of semiconductors to Russia. The semiconductor stocks 
have come down on that news, but in reality, sales from many semiconductor companies to Russia are very minimal and won't affect their bottom lines. And that does provide a little bit of an opportunity to pick up shares of high-quality semiconductor companies like an AMD or a NVIDIA at a little bit of a discount. The price of oil, on the other hand, has shot up. Demand has continued to increase as the economy worldwide has gotten better. But knocking out or taking out a strong producer such as Russia, which does export both oil and natural gas into Europe, will put a damper on that, at least until such time as you know, more oil starts to flow. I did find it very interesting, the comment by the White House press secretary this morning when asked about whether the president would open up again for construction, the Keystone XL pipeline, her response was to the negative, saying that the impact of that pipeline would not be felt for many years into the future. What I find very interesting is that not more, well, this is a longer period of time, back in the mid-70s during another major oil crisis, and many of you may remember lines at the gas stations when the price of oil skyrocketed and the belief then was the U.S. needed to develop its own sources of oil and the rush to do that. But there was also pushback, we don't have enough oil. We'll let the price of oil rise. Not too soon after that, in the late 70s, banks were talking about the end of oil by 2000, and we needed to develop alternative sources of energy. The result of that was minimal at best. Now, you know, the big talk is we've got to get rid of fossil fuels to help uh, reduce the impact of climate change, and we should go right away to full-on to solar and wind energy to power up the grid and provide all that energy to power businesses, homes, and a big push towards electric vehicles. There's not enough wind, not enough solar power, not enough capacity to make that happen. You can see that result in what's transpired in Texas last winter, California, and especially in Germany under you know, current situation, particularly without any uh, backup power or the use of nuclear or even developing further natural gas, which is still cheap, abundant, and clean. But we don't want to talk about that in any secret form. Oil stock prices have been very mixed, even though the price of oil has been moving up. And I still advise a little bit of caution on that front. I would also be avoiding bank stock as banks have been taking a hit in this current environment, even with the potential for the Fed moving up on interest rates. We'll get more on that today and tomorrow when Jay Powell speaks before Congress. Another big speech tonight will be the President's State of the Union message, and we'll see whether he talks more about developing natural resources, developing strong defense, or pushes more the progressive agenda. One just spot on that, one of the leaders of the squad is going to rebut the president's speech. Find that you know more interesting than the normal Republican rebuttal that will happen to the uh, president's State of the Union speech.
we'll see how that develops in the market tomorrow. I still am both cautious and optimistic. Keep be prepared for continued volatility. Make sure you do have some cash to take advantage of many of the opportunities that will avail themselves to you. Very good, Mr. Money Talk. You heard him, GLers. Now's the time to make that call for that free 48-minute financial consultation by calling 952-925-5608. Straight talk, never sugar-coated advice. Josh, as always, thank you so much for the time in the chat. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you again on Thursday. Thanks, Chris. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment consultant LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.